All right, let's get into it. Uh, welcome, peeps, to another episode of Daddy Issues. We mm. are the dads. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're back. Uh, still on the quarantine tip. Everybody's in their respective houses. And we out here. You know what I'm saying? How was that homework you just did, Kia? I didn't even finish it. I got a... Uh, finish his, uh, she sent it late. The teacher sent his assignment. So I did his re- regular routine stuff and then I was waiting on that assignment. She sent it, but then I was like, oh, we'll, we'll take a break and then I'll come back and finish it. The thing about the quarantine is it's not like we all know tight schedule. You're right. So she sent it late. I was like, all right, well, you know, it ain't like you got to be done by 1230, like normal school hours. So we'll do it after I'm done. Finish that up and rap. They were just so loud this morning. My God. Did they like, have waffles this morning? Of course. Of course. Every they they getting so ridiculous with this yes. food. Like the waffles, fine, because what we'll do is we'll make, you know, we'll put the waffles in the, you know, everything in the waffle maker, we'll make the waffles. We'll make a, a bunch so they can have them for the next like two days, two, three days. But they getting spoiled on everything from scratch tip like now mm. the other uh over the weekend i got on the grill made some burgers i was like yo we're gonna have some homemade fries so i made fries you know deep fried regular you know fries now every day dad i want fries like real fries and i'm like you you want waffles from scratch you want french fries from scratch you want own oh, they, they just want everything and i'm just like y'all spoiled but I'm so cheap that I'll just make it because it's just cheaper to buy a sack of potatoes than the frozen fries. And, right. it's, and it's healthier and it's safer. I know it. If I'm making it myself, it's just better. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I don't mind. But I, what else I got to do? Right. Every time I'm about to complain or something, I'll be like, what else do I have to do? There's nothing else. It's, I have nothing else to do. Even with this internet stuff. I, I was telling Keenan yesterday, uh, like... The amount of effort I've been putting into internet, social media, all that stuff. I've never put this much effort into it. And mm. yesterday I spent like two hours just going through responses and commenting, saying thank you to everybody, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then I was like, what else? What else I got to do? What else do I have to do? Mm. I got nothing else to do. So I've been doing that. But yeah, the boys this morning, they were just really loud. And I felt bad because like I tell them, like, stop. Hey, guys, can you stop yelling? Stop yelling. And after like an hour and a half of them screaming, like the high-pitched kid scream, mm-hmm. I was like, yo, stop yelling. And they faces was like, and immediately I gave them a hug. I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to yell, but I just been asking y'all to keep it down. So, you know, I seen it like tears well up in their eyes and I was like, forget mm-hmm. about it. It's not a big deal. You know, I'm just asking you to stop yelling. I felt so bad instantly, but it was just like, yo. Like, you, were, you were, They were in the room making all that noise or in the living they room? They was in the living room, so I went in another room. They followed me in there, and I went. I was trying to. I was trying to let them live their life. I was trying to let them because I was like, I don't want to be the hater. I understand they kids. They just playing, you know. What yeah. I mean, I'm gonna let them play. I ain't gonna be the hater. And they just got to. It was one. They did a final piercing scream, mm-hmm. and I was like, Yo! And they were like, and I was like, I didn't mean to yell, man, but it's just like I've asked you guys for an hour and a half to stop yelling. It's funny when kids. Uh... They don't necessarily 
include you, but they just want to be where you're at yeah. doing their thing. They're like, Dad's right here. We over here. And then when you leave, they'll be like, yeah, Dad's over here now. <laughs> They're not, they, they don't need you for nothing. No. They just need you right there. No, I was not included in any of the games. They just wanted to play <laughs> around me. That's funny. Loudly. And I was just like, But I can get the high pitch, man. It'd be that one. Woo. You be... Because parents usually... We can take noise for a long time, especially, you know, you get used to it. You're just like, all right, they doing their thing. I'm watching stuff with the subtitles on. I'm just like, all right. But then it just be those pierces that just be Man. like, hey, come on. <laughs> and, and, then, and they did a few pierces already. And that yeah. final one, I was just like, yo. And they both <laughs> were standing next to each other like the fear in mm-hmm. panic, like I felt bad instantly. I immediately was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't yeah. mean to yell. I gave them a hug. Like I saw, I was like, don't cry. Like I'm just, <laughs> and I tried to talk real calm. I was like, Daddy just asked you so many times to stop yelling. Play all you want. Just yeah. stop screaming like this. I don't know why kids scream. It's like me and me and Sabrina always have this ongoing joke. Cause any time. Every time we walk past a school or anything with kids playing, there's always a scream. The high It's just this strength. one scream, yeah. and it sounds like the same scream every time, no matter what. We just hear, ah! Just every time you hear a group of kids, you hear a scream. I don't know what that is. I don't know why. It's like pre-recorded for every <laughs> kid gathering. Anytime, like, anytime. I challenge anybody that's listening to this. This time you walk past the school, you'll hear a scream, guaranteed. And I already know what screen you're talking about because it's the same screen. Yeah, it's the, same, it's the screen. same screen. You hear a playground. You hear it's the it's just it's you hear the laughter and you hear yeah. it, and then it's just this high pitch over the top of yep. everything else. And it's like who's doing this and why? Every why time. boy girl don't matter. It's the same. And like that outside is in the house. That scream is just so oh, much more. It's, it's amplified. Just so much more. And I was like, I, yeah. I don't want to be the guy to kill the fun for this. Like, shush, dude, hush, <laughs> kids, hush. Man, and it's funny because, like, when I was playing, or like when I was playing, I never screamed like that. And I don't remember hearing a scream like that with the kids I played with. The scream is always in the distance where you're unable to pinpoint the exact source of the scream. Because I'm thinking about me as a kid, recess, playing. I'm sure we were screaming, but I felt like... I'm saying we had to do it, but I don't remember doing it. I don't ever remember doing it. I know I screamed on the merry-go-round because the merry-go-round, man, (laughs) when you hanging on for dear life, we were screaming. I remember that. Because I remember I looked in the Charles Heath's mouth. Me and him were both holding on for dear life, and he was eating a cupcake. And, like, he was screaming, and he just had all the cupcake particles in there. And I was just like, <laughs> and I was just focused on something while my life was on the line. I'm like, I'll never forget that. Ah, with mad cupcakes in there. Right before I got sucked off the, uh, the merry-go-round, I, just, I was out of there. But, man. Like, I definitely remember being loud. But the high oh, yeah, pitch, we the high pitch scream, mm-hmm. I don't remember doing. Like, and I wonder if it's an age thing. I wonder if it's a, I don't, I don't. Oh know. yeah, 
Because I, I don't hear it when I walk past a high school. It's just that. Well, they're not at recess. A, well, no, I, like when I see like a group of high schoolers getting out of class or whatever they're doing, I never see it. Or even like on the track and field, I just never hear that noise. It's usually like the younger kids where I start to hear the scream. That scream, man. It's just every loud. time, though. It never fails. But it, it, what it did, though, it, it like, it showed me my growth as a parent. Cause, like, yeah, I, I, I screamed or whatever. But immediately, I was like, sorry. You know, like, n- normally, like, or not normally, but before, I might have did that and just be like, be quiet. And then that's it. Yeah. Like, with no, no, uh, you know, no actions for my actions. You know, right. but then I was like, no, you know, I don't need to be doing that. Y'all just kids. I caught myself immediately, which when before I would have just been like, and that's the end of it. Yeah. But I was like, nah, you know, sorry, guys. You know, I always just, feel bad. I always yeah. feel bad for like blowing up um, on the kids. I feel like I didn't do it too often, but I, I would feel bad immediately. Like, yeah. But sometimes like, you know, it was. It was warranted, but I was just yeah. like, ah, you know, you, you try to give that olive branch. And I, it's funny because, like, you know, when, he, when when the parents used to yell at us, I could tell they felt that remorse, too. They they yeah. never really, like, sat in it and was just like, hush! And then there was nothing after that. They just be like, <laughs> <laughs> they come in there. I made, I made you some waffles. Yeah, okay. there's always food after. I remember getting yeah. beat. I got beat by my granny. We, my grandpa... <laughs> Papa had told us, stop playing in my closet. You mm. guys keep playing. You're ripping all the clothes down. And we kept going in that closet. And finally, they, he had enough. And they beat the hell out of us. And then after the whooping, <laughs> Granny came in and she's like, and it's lunch on the table. I was like, oh, okay. Like, after, after the, <laughs> once she said it was lunch on the table, I didn't care about that whooping no more. And I remember me and my cousin got mad at Keith because he kept crying. Like mm-hmm. After the whooping was over, we was already washing our hands for, for uh, lunch, and he was crying. Yeah. We was like, it's food coming. What you crying for? It's over. Let it go. Right. And he was still like, <laughs> he's sniffling while we eat. We was like, it's, it's a good time now. We got beat. That's in the past. Even though it just happened like a minute ago, we was like, that's in right. the past. We are eating this delicious lunch now. Shut up. That's funny. Food yeah. does help, man. Oh, absolutely. Food is a nice olive branch to the kids. I made y'all this food in here, if y'all, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It, that works for couples, too. Older couples. They, you get in a fight with your, with your spouse, and then like, now dinner's mm-hmm. on the table. You, all right. All right. All right. I still in, might uh, be quiet during yeah. the meal, but I'm going to eat. What's the scene in, uh, in uh, Lean on Me? Oh, He's yeah. Like, well, let's get something to eat. <laughs> let's get something to eat. <laughs> let's get something like, to eat. Man, he went, too. Yeah. He, like, he packed up his little, right. his little briefcase. It was funny how many times in that movie Morgan Freeman packed up his paperwork. Because <laughs> he, pack, he packed up his stuff on that scene, and then he packed up when Michael Beach went off on him when he had to suspend him. Yeah. And he was like... <laughs> When he flipped the desk over, it was like, oh, the, the documents. Because that whole time, Morgan Freeman was moving his paperwork he around. Wasn't and he was, yeah, because he, he slammed the, the paperwork. Yeah. He was like, you will give me the respect I goddamn deserve. I will kick your black ass. He was like, I've had enough. I, I feel like... I'll go ahead, I feel like Morgan Freeman hasn't been in the role that fiery since. Where he was that like... On 10. 
Yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't think. Everything else is pretty calm. Yeah, I feel like he's been calm ever since Joe He's Clark. old. He, but he been old. That's true. He came in the game at 63. He, yeah, he blew up old. You know what I, you know what I liked at, at, in, uh, in that movie? After he, when he brought him, when he brought the teacher back, uh-huh. uh, the teacher still was like, I should have never been fired in the first place. Like, he wasn't like, oh, yeah. thank you. for. He was still like, hey, man, I'm not, I'm not, for, I'm not here for the bullshit. Yeah, because he wasn't in the wrong at all. He wasn't. So it was just like. Yeah. <laughs> like, thanks, but yeah. I ain't deserve that anyway. Exactly. You ain't doing me no favors. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of favors, man. ain't got nothing to do with favors. What's going on, Mike? Hello, everybody. So, this <laughs> is for kids. <laughs> she has <a> CNN today. <laughs> right here at the... Uh... <laughs> I was kind of spacing out a what little bit. Um, this is for kids under the age of 10. What do you think is the hardest life skill, in your opinion, to teach kids under the age of 10? Hmm. Man, that's a... Yeah. Hardest life skill. Just like, you know, eating with a fork, uh, swimming. easy work. That's easy. Riding a bike, things like that, like... Those, I would those say things are all easy. Probably coping with life. Well, no, swimming. Swimming is kind of tough because, in my opinion, with swimming, because you can you can have a moment in that water that can traumatize you long term. So that so that'll mess up your your whole uh, growth on the learning how to swim because you got the you got the fear element. Like like with me, for example. Um, I used to, we used to go swimming like uh, all the time. And then it was like one moment where my mom dunked me in the water and I didn't expect it. And it, it went all in my nose and I started panicking. And it was like before that, I had no fear of the water, none of that. And so that stuck with me for a long time. And then uh, I had another incident in the, in the swimming class where I almost drowned because I started panicking. And then I was scared of the water for years after that. And then I fully learned how to swim in like 2004. That's late. That's when I was, yeah, that's when I was finally like, because that fear had me. I was just like, I'll get in, but I ain't really doing nothing extra on the deep end. And then when I took the final the final class, I was like, all right, I'm good now. But um, so you can have moments like that that can really, and even though my mom did nothing tremendous, she didn't even throw me in. It was yeah. just like a, a dunk in while she was talking to her friends and I was completely just caught off guard. I was like, <laughs> everything went in, up the nose, in the mouth. And, up the and nose I was just worse. like, man, so, you know, so I think swimming can be tougher than like bike riding or eating with a fork or even cooking. Like, you know, because you, you got that extra element because big bodies of water is just scary to a lot of people. So I would go with swimming, probably. You're going to go with swimming? Keon, what do you think? Yeah. You said life skills? Yeah. I feel like, I guess when I think about life skills, that stuff is like, uh, you know, we'll get that. I get, I think the hardest thing for under 10 is try to trying to prepare them for how the world works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like prepping with, especially us raising black boys. Like that's probably trying to get them to understand how life's going to be for you without, you know, making you fearful. 
mm-hmm. uh, without making you, you know, skittish or, you know, scared of everything or whatever. And also not, you know, trying to turn you into a bigot yourself, but like just that. like, hey, man, this is this is how it's going to be. And that, that's raising, you know, black father, the son and, and going down. That's probably something that we're, you know, we have to do every generation. And it's uh, it's no that way. Is tough. It's yeah, it's no way to really do it. And, and then they have their first experience, and then it's like, all right, you know, this is this is how things work. And, and what's real tough about that too is like, you know, you show your kids, black kids, black boys, you show them how the world works and the history of America and like racism. And then you have to walk that tight rope of them not holding grudges against, yeah. you know, the people that, that treat us a certain way. So it's just like, yeah, this is what it is. And they be like, oh, I hate the whites, <laughs> you know, because that, that, that can that come happens. from seeing that, you yeah. know. So it's like you got to you gotta be like, but no, you know, not everybody's like that. Oh, prove it. And, you know, that, that, can, that can come with that. And so it's hard to, you know, like with my kids, you know, they uh, they've always had like a racially mixed group of friends. You know, we live in Burbank, so that's just gonna come with the territory. Uh, so sincere definitely has that super diverse group of friends. You had black kid in there, Asians, white, Hispanic. You know, and they they all just like a crew. And I was like, look at this, the United Nations <laughs> over here. And then Serene, I noticed that he. He pretty much gravitated towards black, mostly. Like, you know, even his group of friends is is mixed and like stuff like that. And so, but that's because as parents, we were just like, you know, this is how it is out here, but this is this isn't how everybody is. So, you know. Um, and they see how we interact with everybody. And I think that's important, man. Cause kids learn more than anything just watching. How yeah. the parents do and how they talk and like they never hear us talk like oh white white people is trash this people it is this people they never hear that from us, but what they do hear is like yeah we black we proud to we proud to be black but you know that doesn't define everything you know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's just think... no prep for it. That's the only thing that sucked. Yeah. No, like I didn't. I, I remember I didn't really. I wasn't really tripping off race like that until middle school, and then something happened with like a white kid and a black kid, and you just everybody's natural just instinct, whatever, kicked in, and it was like a huge divide in the school. And then like I noticed, I, I just started hanging out with way more of the black kids after that uh, incident. No, nah, it was already kind of happening anyway, just because you gravitate to people who are like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I remember that it was really like I was like, all right, I'm uh, I'm cool. I'm good. And then I remember my first run in with the police and then like uh, stuff like that. I was just like, all right. And my dad was already my dad was already on the hype like because he's from South Central L.A. So his his experience with white cops and all that was just he don't mess with him. So he was already on the hype. It was like, man, these white people, you know what I mean? And then trying to but we raised in the suburbs. So he's also like, well, you know. I think my my folks did a good job of uh, the be- the best of both worlds. Like we were raised in the suburbs, but we spent all our summers in like South Central, and then we did all our sports in like the hood areas. And then like it was just a good balance of seeing how everything works. 
Because like some people be like, oh, I'm going to only raise my kids in this area. Well, now you're scared of this area. Or I only raise them this. Now you don't know about this area. And just like just trying to prep them for the entire world and all different kinds of walks of life and stuff like that. That's the part that I think is probably the most difficult, as especially raising a, a black kid. Because that's just something that probably, honestly, white kids don't really have to worry about. Well, they did uh, this. these people called PACI, which stands for the Professional Association of Children and Early Years. They asked parents of all races, what was the hardest life skill to teach your kids? They asked 2,000 parents. And the number one thing is tying their shoe. What? Teaching the kids to tie the shoe is the hardest thing that 2,000 parents said was to teach their children. Under 10? Yo, that didn't yeah. even, that that even, didn't even come mind. up for me. This, this, it didn't cross my mind. <laughs> this, is what, this is what makes me laugh, too. Like, that's that's why we need podcasts like this. We're black fathers and didn't even think about no damn time to shoot because we got all this other stuff to worry about. <laughs> like, like when you are a black parent, it's like tying the shoe. Oh, uh, oh, what? Well, how long did it take to teach your kid to tie a shoe? Mine, I don't think Keon's there yet. Mine's not there yet. No. Yeah. But I remember for, I for me, it was easy. It, it doesn't even register. Yeah. It, it just. You know, I think they picked up on it pretty fast. I'm sure it was like frustrating and they had to get it down pat and they were just doing the makeshift tie. But it didn't stick with me enough to be like, man, teaching the kids to tie shoes. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised at that. I, I don't well, even the, remember it. There's two ways. There's the bunny ears and then you put them together or there's the loop through, which I think most adults yeah. do. But what he's saying I is he don't even remember like that I don't remember being one of the struggles of parenting. Like you just no, they just learn how to tie their damn shoe. Like for for that to be the number one thing, it just makes me laugh. Honestly, like that's that's what you remember out of all the things you had to teach your kid in life. Tying his shoe. That's when you, I can't take this anymore. The goddamn tying of the shoe. Like that's that's what's stuck in your head. Like it just. I, I didn't even. That didn't even cross my mind. Well, well I don't think it school? would cross your. It wouldn't cross Keon's because he hasn't been there yet. Yeah. But for me, it didn't cross my mind. Yeah. No. Do you know what the second one was? What? Hmm. Whistling. Oh, I'm all right. Well, well, no. We're just talking about this basic stuff. Where, where, where did you? Where are these two thousand people from? A lot of them are in the UK. What do they mean by life skills? Yeah, I don't. This a life. Tie your shoes. Set the table. But clean who gives a shit about whistling? Like, why is that number? Like, of all the things, that's not a real life make skill. Make sure that my kids know how to whistle. That's not a life skill that you you like, need why? to tie your shoe. Yeah, yeah. But tie you, shoe. whistling. Like, how was that number two? Who are these people? Wh- if wh- you wh- can't where? whistle, so you'll be what? fine in life. Yeah, yeah. I still can't whistle. I never learned. I couldn't pick it up. Yeah, and you're cares? fine. Yeah, I, that hasn't affected me at all, unless I but want to call this someone. But if you never learn how to tie your shoe, I'd be clowning you. Like, what's Maya doing with the Velcro? The Velcro, because uh, you already you already wear some horrible sneakers. <laughs> and then and if I, you would have had the Velcro joints, <laughs> the mentally disabled seven, I'd been like, why is that here? You can't teach the mentally disabled or hard for some mentally disabled to learn to tie their shoe, so it is hard. Well, we it's get that. I'm not up. saying it's easy, yeah. but it's not like of all the slice skills, Ooh. and then and then for whistling to be number two, I just don't understand how that was even on the board. What whistling? else is on this list? Yeah, what, what's what's the top five? Riding the bike. Okay. Okay. All Learning right. how to swim. Okay. Okay. That's up there. Uh, helping to cook. Okay. Okay. And setting the table. 
Okay. All right. Everything else was legit. That whistling, but the whistling though, how is that number is two? bullshit. Because it's hard to learn. It's hard to teach you. Put your lips together and blow. That's not like. It's not I mean, easy. Like, but, but like, who cares? That's why I'm like, why is that on there? Like, I'm all the things. I gotta make sure. Like, I, I see a parent sitting their kid down. If you don't do nothing else in life, right. you make sure you know how to whistle. Like that. You've never seen that in a movie. You've never seen that on a 90s sitcom. Nothing. Did you, you imagine an episode dedicated like, to whistling? In a, in and, it, a, and it ranked higher than bike riding. Yeah. It, it ranked higher than swimming, cooking, what? setting the table. It's the average. Sometimes averages are weird. They ask 2,000 people, and this is what comes up. Whistling, whistling and tying your shoe. All those kids are going to fail in life. There, there is one island in Greece. They have a whistle language because it's like mountainous. It's not that many people live there anymore. It's kind of like a small island. But they have a, a native language that's whistling. They whistle to each other across well, the mountains. Well, did they like pull birds. the people in Greece? If they didn't pull the people in Greece, I don't know why this is on there. Them people, they like that's yeah, a life you skill. Exactly. If you can't whistle there, you you fall off the mountain and you die. But in regular UK, why is whistling on the list? I gotta ask our viewers in the UK, like how highly whistling ranks in life skills. I guess it's high. What if they're all like traumatized? Like, oh, growing up as a kid, it was serious. If you Man. couldn't whistle, they'd beat you. <laughs> you couldn't get dinner. It was terrible. Hey, man, I what need else, to do study. What else you got going over there? Okay, there was another study. And so this is going to be controversial for a lot of people. Oh, but yes. before I give the answer, I want to ask you guys, do people change? Some people, yeah. Like their temperament. It's basically referring to temperament. Do people's temperaments change? Like you're kind of like hmm. your base personality. Who you are. I don't know if that changes, but I know you can make changes knowing who you are. Mm. If that makes sense. If you, know I mean? like, if you know I'm quick to anger, somebody might work on being quick to anger. They still got that temper, but they've worked on handling that temper. So I don't know if you're if who you're if your makeup of your being changes, but you can course correct or or you know, fix whatever you think you need to work on. I agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Tony, what do you think? Do people change? Yeah, I think I think at the base we don't, uh, but you can you can be cognizant of what you do. You know, you work on it, but your core like reaction and being and how you are. Everybody that I know hasn't really changed. Yeah, in terms of like that base, you know what I mean. Um, so if that's the question, then no, I don't think people change. Um, but I, I do like, think people can work on themselves, and I do think people can, yeah. you know, uh, counteract their natural instincts. Mm. Changing at the base, no. But I've seen growth in so many people that I know. Oh, yeah. yeah. So many people. But the actual change, no. You're both correct. A study funded by the National Institute of Health and published in the Proceeding of the National Academy of Sciences find that infant behavior and temperament remain steady into young adulthood. So they followed all these kids from four months to 26 years old, and they were able to predict based on their temperament as babies 
how they were going to act at um, 26. It's basically uh, from one kind of temperament called behavioral inhibition. So that's like if mm-hmm. a baby doesn't like new people and new things very much, those same ones that didn't like new people and new things as four months old, at 26, they were more likely to be reserved and less likely to be dating. Oh, hmm. wow. That's a long study. Yeah. Right. They had to study that for, for 26 years? Well, they checked in. They, they, they followed yeah. them for about a year when they were babies. Yeah. They checked in when they were 15. And they see, okay, some people worked on themselves. You know, their parents encouraged them to go out more and be more... Um, active, more extroverted. And those ones were, you were somewhat normal by, you know, 26. I'm saying normal. There's nothing wrong with being introverted. I'm very introverted. But they were able to keep like a normal life, have a boyfriend, a girlfriend, all these things. But the ones at 15 who didn't have that additional parenting pushing them out there, when they were 26, they were more likely to be very introverted and keep to themselves. Mm. That crazy? That's wild business right there. I don't think it's crazy though. I get it. Like I get, you know, people. You you, you talk to parents, they'd be like, "Man, you've been like that since you was three. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just how people be. I just think people, some people, you know, work on stuff and some don't. Like I'm never not going to be easily irritated. It's just my reaction to it. That's never that's never not going to happen. But I can control my reactions to things. Tony, have your boys changed since they were babies? Um, no, not really. Like that, that, and that's why I was just like, hmm, because I, you know, once you watch people grow from scratch to see how they turn out, it's like, like I can honestly sit here and say that, you know, Sincere has always been like, you know, doing his own thing. You know, he's he's always been like when he was a baby, he he would cry to be put in the bed, as opposed to you know how some kids cry when you when you uh, tell them to go to bed or when you put them in the bed and leave, they cry. He was like, please just put me in the bed and just leave me alone in there. And he's just like, good to go. Um, Serene is, is he's he was always a bit more social and he still is. Cecilia's uh, social too, but it's just like, you know, he's not really as outgoing initially with like uh, new people. But then once he gets to know you, he's just like, yeah, you know, chill. Um, but it's, de- it's definitely like, you know, how they were, uh, it remained all the way throughout. Uh, Serene was more of a crier, like he cried. Um, so he's more of like an, the emotional guy in the group, and he still is. So it's just like, wow, ain't nothing really changed here. And it's just weird to see that, you know, it's like, man, all the way throughout. Do you think it's not fair that America seems to value extroversion so much when people are obviously born introverts? It's not fair to them, right? Because they're born that way. How are you going to say you're not allowed to be an introvert? I don't even know how much I believe in introverts anymore after this quarantine business. All these people that claim (laughs) they were introverts was begging to go outside and be around people two days in. I was like, oh, what happened to you? I don't like people. I want to be... And then now, they was they was the main ones. Oh, I got to get around. I want to be out. I'm like, what happened, introvert? 
I don't know. I know some introverts I haven't seen in months. I haven't seen them. I haven't heard from them. <laughs> they probably love them. They, they probably are introverts. introverts. Yeah. Then I think you got some people who are introverts, but can still, when they comfortable with people, still let it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's some people that you they are quiet until it's in their core group or whatever, and then they the life mm-hmm. of the party. Mm-hmm. That's Sabrina right there. Like she'll she'll be quiet. If it's like a big group, she just be chilling. You know, I don't what even saying? be on Sabrina in the room half the time. Man, but when it's just like a few people, like if it's just me or like you know people that she's known for a long time, she be chopping it up and doing dancing and just be like, okay. Me, like I'm fine. I'm fine either way. Yeah. Like I could be in a cave for six months, or I could be on the streets for six months. It's just like, all right, whatever. But I do, I do know that, you know, people just get on my nerves. Sometimes I just need to be like, hey, can you just leave me alone for a second? And I don't feel the need to always have to talk. Mm-hmm. I'm perfectly fine just sitting there in silence and not yeah. feeling the need to be like so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, you know. I'm just like, just hush. It's fine. Yeah, I get it, cause like, I, cause me and Tony are similar in that way. Cause like, people would be like, Kakati family would be like, and he don't talk, or he he don't like us. He's quiet, and it's like I'm not quiet. It's just I don't need to be. Ah! Like, right? I, I can do that if we if we turn up, we turn up. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I don't mind being left alone and by myself and chilling. That's fine. I can do either way. Either way works. And y'all have always been like that? So your parents say you were like that since you were baby? The only person I've ever seen uh, from baby to, you know, now outside of my kids is my brother. We're only 16 months apart. So my brother, I watched him grow up. But who he is now is who he always has been. Like, he's always been, you know, but he's, he's, he's one of those. He could play video games for 48 hours straight. But also we like we go into a party at midnight. He'd be like, "Oh, let's 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 go," and he he's in it. So, but like, even as a kid, he would be like, he could he could go in his room, close the door, and play his imaginary toys for hours. But if the whole neighborhood was outside, he was like, "All right, I'm I'm in. What we playing?" He sounds like me. And like he was always <laughs> he was always like you know he works on computers now for a living. As a kid, he was always tinkering with the remote, like doing like everything he did as a kid. He do now. And like for me, I was like sports, extroverted, out. And then that's that's what I did my whole life was just crack jokes and play sports. And then I had my times where I wanted to be by myself, just watch TV, watch my shows, not be bothered. And other times I was like, yeah, let's center of attention. And I will say this about myself, though. Um, I've changed. You know, not, my my basic core is still the same, but like I have changed in terms of I used to be shyer as a kid than I am now. Um, I'm still a little shy, but not as much. So I I, I really fought through that 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 shyness, and then um, I uh, and then like trying to figure out like really what I wanted to do with my life. You know that took you know because because the people that knew me. They could probably see in me like, yo, Tony's funny. He he'll be, you know, a star or whatever. But I'm like, no, I gotta, I gotta, you know, I'm gonna be a fireman, a teacher, a baseball player, <laughs> just just random stuff, trying to grab something off the shelf. 
But it, it was never like, you know, Tony was always performing. Like, nah, I'd be quiet in the corner, cracking jokes here and there in the corner. But like, when I had to talk in front of the class, you would have never thought that I would be a comedian, you know, because yeah, I would be sweating bullets and getting up there like, oh, so, uh, you know, fumbling, all that. So I've definitely changed in that regard. Like, I would have never thought I'd be a stand-up comedian. I mean, it's a really interesting question. I would like to hear what other people think about their kids. If, if in the comment section, you let us know, have your children changed, especially if you have children that are in their 20s? Like, how different are they from the time that they came out? Because my brother tells us, he's like, the three of you have been the same since you came out. And I don't know if he meant it as an insult or what. But he's much older than us. He's like, y'all just act the exact same, which is for some of us good and some of us not so good. Yeah. You were doing acid at three? No, I was thoughtful. My mom said I only cried twice in the first six months. She said, you were just chilling. If something was wrong, like my diaper hadn't been changed for like a long time, then I would cry, but twice in the first six months. Did you have baby Asics on? Like the little baby? (laughs) I was comfortable. You definitely had those big white shoes. I know you had those. Why would you give a baby shoes? Babies don't need shoes. Big hard bottoms, white ones that babies used to wear. Them shoes was trash. Babies don't need anything. You know what I'm talking about? They, they, oh, like, yeah, absolutely. Why? The baby like, shoes with the heart, and they were hard. So hard. Why are you putting kids but they in were hard. They were hard to help with the kids' uh, balance and walking. They purposely made them like that, but they were hideous looking. Woo. Yeah, I remember those shoes. No, just put them in a cloth diaper and send them on their way. Some, play, some countries don't even put them in diapers. It's just, there you go. I had a perfectly fine way to raise a baby until they're like one, and then you got to... Shit, you ever cleaned up poop and shit off of, of a floor? We were going to do this, but you weren't here. Um, the way they potty train people in different countries, because it completely changes. And I think there's, I definitely think there's a pamper conspiracy to keep American babies in diapers longer. But then you, for Sarah Keon, you were out for that week. So we're like, okay, we're going to do this in a week or he comes back. And then Corona came through. But a lot of places, they're training, potty training them at a few months old. Like the Chinese, they put them over the, the sink or whatever, and they just make a sound like, and they know to pee. And Kenya, really? too. Yeah, we're going to have this whole thing. Because I'm like, this is a conspiracy. Because our kids are in diapers until they're like two and a half. And if you go back to, like, books of American parenting from the 1940s, they say the same thing. It's like, you can put them over a sink and go, and they'll pee at six months. I've never heard that. I wish somebody would have told me that. I would have tested it out. But then who got time for that? It depends if you're in a village. You know how often kids go to the bathroom? Well, that's the thing is they don't have to. They don't have to. They can hold it. I don't think kids went, like, super often. Um, Like, growing, like, you know, raising the boys, I don't remember them going to the bathroom crazy often. Like, Like I watch how many times a day Keelan runs to go pee. Now that he's, you know, he can take himself. So I just watch it, and I'm like, I'm like, like when you a baby, when you when they babies, you only change their diaper. You know, you just check it every once in a while. But like I'm cognizant now of how much he goes to the bathroom. He stay running in there peeing. And I was just like to be, be to be do that with a with a toddler always checking like you got to pee and they can't communicate. I would love to see this study. Not saying it's not real. I would just love to see it. Oh, I wrote it up. Mm-hmm. I'll, we'll do it next week. But I just looked it up and it says that most people pee between six and eight times a day anyway. So you got to think about in your waking hours. What's that, 16 waking hours? That's once every two hours. Seems like a lot, but 
Really? I mean, how many is he is he peeing more than once every two hours? No, probably not. See, that's a the average for adults. It's once every two, and you just take the baby up every two hours. Like you have to pee. Kenya does it really interesting. So we'll we'll do that next week. We'll go into the the Pampers conspiracy. I'm, I'm definitely interested in that. Yeah, I'm, I'm into this. Because uh, I'm thinking about like today. I woke up. I peed once today so far. I got up at like nine. Do I get one pee down? I think I'm like three in. Yeah, but I woke up. At, I woke up at I woke up at seven. So mm-hmm. that's like five hours now. Plus, I've been guzzling water because I ain't ate breakfast, but I I just been drinking water. Man, I ain't so eat says, nothing, but I'm ready. Oh, you didn't eat anything? It says in mm. WebMD that it's not abnormal to go as many as 10 times a day if you're drinking a lot of water. Okay. So once every hour and a half, if that's your peeing schedule, that's probably <coughs> fine. I'm going to count the peas today. I'm going to count that. I'm going to see how many peas I get in in a day. And some people, I had a friend, man, it was funny. Uh, this was way back in the day. And we had to hide out. This is me and like two other friends, like my girlfriend. And then our, our friend who um, was a boy, but nothing like that. And we had to hide out in a bathroom for some reason. And he's like, I saw a toilet. I got to pee now. I'm like, what? And so we had to go and hide in the shower. Well, he had, he took a pee because he's every time he sees a toilet, he has to take a pee. That's, that's, that's strange. You think that's strange? I didn't know that was strange. Yeah. yeah, that's hella strange. That's I mean, it. just I got to pee just because I see the toilet? No. That's Is that normal I mean, for some people? No. I've never heard of it. I didn't walk by the toilet and never got the urge. I got to go right now. I come in the bathroom all the time yeah. with no pee work. I go in there to brush my teeth, wash my face. I just go in the medicine cabinet. Oh, oh, since it's here, I'm... No, this... No, I don't... I don't know. People that's at weird. home, is that weird? If you hear running water, do you have to pee then? No. I, as much as I cook and do, I always do stuff around water. I've been leaving the teeth. water running too long. Like, <laughs> I'll turn it on and then be like, all right, I'm going to let this sit. And then I'll forget and leave it on. And then Sabrina will be like, yo, the water. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you right. You right. But I never get the urge to pee. Now, I will say, if I already had to pee and the water's running, it, it does amp it up a little bit. I tried to test that theory and it don't work. Hmm. Like I've tried to like, okay, I got to pee. I want to see if, you know, doing that, like it don't work. The only thing that makes it worse for me is when you get, when you already got to pee and the closer you get into the bathroom, or even if you got to take a dump. Oh my God. And the closer you get in it, start your body's like, hey man, this this is happening. I'm always, I'm almost shit my pants many a times because of that. Like I was fine until I entered the bathroom. As soon as I, the body was like, we're we doing this now. And I'm oh, yeah. oh, oh. like, it, it does not, I don't know why. That, but the water thing, it doesn't, doesn't work for me. I don't usually get the urge for number twos that, that diehard and detrimental. No, I'm talking number about when ones, you, have, yes. you know, when you have the runs or when you have. The bubble guts. Yeah, them, them emergency situations. And once you get in that bathroom, what? it's like, I got, I, am I going to make it? Am I going to make it? Last time I had that moment happen, it was a couple months ago, and I had to pee so bad. I was trying to get in the house. I just peed in the alley. I never made it. (laughs) I had to pee in the alley. I was so close, but I just whipped it out. I was like, look, people driving by, they're just going to have to bear witness because I could could not make it. 
Because I, I, I was there. driving, I was like, yo, I'm going to really pee on myself in this car. But I was able to make it to the alley. Very interesting. And MPs be long, too. Oh, I was in that alley for a long like, time. It was a river runs through it in that alley, And then man. you can physically feel your bladder draining. You're just oh. like, oh. oh. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was fantastic. Did you have your hand on the wall? <laughs> man, it was like a pole right there in the little <laughs> power line. I was uh, watching it run down into the community. I was like, I'm sorry, guys. I hate when I pee outside in the stream. V lines mm-hmm. towards back towards me. Like just go that way. I was peeing that way. No, and, man. And, and I wanted to say one more you thing. You got one foot up in the air. Like hold on, wait, wait a minute, wait. I don't want it. I don't want the pee on my shoe. And I right. hate. I hate when the when the stream comes towards me. I'm like I was peeing at an angle to avoid this stream coming towards me. And it's like no, we want to come back right. home. We want to come back home. <laughs> we liked it in there, man. We coming back. <laughs> We got questions, Miles? Yeah, we do have questions. James Gardner has a suggestion for Tony. Mm-hmm. He writes, Tony, have you looked up Meniere's disease? Meniere's? M-E-N-I-E-R-E-S. It's a French word, so accent marks going this way on the E's. Mm-hmm. It's an inner ear problem. Do you have sinus problems at all? Uh, I did look that up. I looked up everything, man. Um... I don't really, the thing about sinuses is sometimes you're not really aware that you have sinus issues. You just kind of like, all right, you know, um, it's always like, I feel like one nostril is more clogged than the other, but I thought that was like normal for everybody. So I can't really, yeah, so it's like, and sometimes it's more pronounced than other times. Like it's, it's really clogged. And then it'll switch, it'll switch nostrils and, and then, you know, but like, I've never been like, oh, my sinuses, you know, because I know the sinuses can really get you all up in here and then it can get, you can get a headache and stuff like that. I don't really get headaches like that or in my face never feels like, you know, clogged up in the sinus like, because I, I thought it might have been the sinus issue early on. So I was taking Sudafed. And like, cause I would ask people, she's like, yeah, it was my sinuses. I would get dizzy. And I was like, oh, oh, so I was trying Sudafed, but none of that worked. Do you have any idea what it is? It's come back though. Nope. Every time I think I got a bead on it, I'll be like, oh, it was this. And then it'll come back and I'll be like, I thought it might've been my vitamin D. Got my vitamin D right, still get it. You know, I thought it was, uh, it's definitely connected to my ear, but you know, people always say it's vertigo, but I'm like, what, what what causes vertigo? Like, you know, it's always that. So, and then I think it's salt related, you know, because if I have like something that's heavy in salt, I'll get like woozy a little bit, you know. So then I thought I nailed that, you know, and then now, you know, I don't really eat like salty stuff like that. And it still comes on occasion. So I'm just like, oh, what is it? That's the annoying part, like not knowing. If I know what causes it, and they'd be like, all right, you got to stick with this the rest of your life, but this is what causes it. I'd be like, all right. Now I know what to avoid, what to look out for, what's going to cause it. But not knowing, ugh, so annoying. It's frustrating, man. I'll be wanting to cry, man. I'll be like, man, especially for the bad ones, I'll just be like, because the helplessness of it all, you just be like, man, I just got to take it. Especially if I lose work because of it. Oh. 
Forget it. I'm done. When's the last time it happened to you? Uh, I was woozy today. Oh. Right, right before we did this, I was like, uh, um, but it, it was a light one. It was light work. Like, uh, the last bad one was April 15th. Oh, Jesus. That was the worst one I ever had. And I, I was literally uh, sitting on the floor, and I just did a voiceover. And then I did my, one thing I always do, since my ear acts up all the time, I, I squeeze my nostrils together and blow. And it kind of, you know, yeah, opens pop, your yeah, ears yeah. up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so I did that. Right when I did that, I was like, oh, it hit me immediately. Sabrina walked in and I was just like, I'm not feeling good right now. She's like, oh, oh lay down, man. I laid down, I staggered to the room, laid down, and then I started sweating. I threw up everything. Wow. Everything was like, I lost seven pounds that night. <laughs> Terrible. I was like, oh, God, no. And then I forgot to even take the Meclizine I had in my bag. You know, that's for, you know, you know, nausea and dizziness. It's for that. I forgot to even go over there because I'm not a medicine guy. And I was just. I feel that. I will avoid medicine mm -hmm. at all costs if I can. And the thing about the, the thing about the Meclizine, I'll take it as a preemptive strike. Like, if I'm doing a weekend in a certain city, I'll be like, I'm taking everything. I'll take all the pills before showtime just because I don't want to have an episode while the show is going on. So I'll be like, preemptive McGee. Anybody that's been on the Keon seeing me with the pill, I'll be like, in the green room or whatever, just as a preemptive. But at home, I don't do any of that because I'll be like, well, if anything happens, I'm going to just lay down and take it. I always thought it was just it, vitamins. I didn't know what she was taking. Yeah, it was like, it's vitamins, black seed oil, uh, vitamin D pill, just once a week for that. I would take a meclizine just as a preemptive if I feel a little weird. Um, and it was another one I was taking. And I'd just be like, boom. Yeah, just just in case. And usually when I do the preemptive strikes on the road, I wouldn't have an incident. It's weird, man. I, I, I don't like, know. I was like, Tony's an addict. He's popping pills. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, maybe he's, just, maybe he's popping Viagra. He wants to do the show fully, fully. Man. I realized, as he said, he's let the whole crowd get a good, a good peep of this. I took a Viagra type pill one time. I'm never taking anything. I want. To. It was called Blue Chews. It was called Blue Chews, and it didn't work. It didn't work. I've always wanted to try one just to see. What it does, like what? Yeah, like is it is it what they say? But then I heard if you that, take them, like it can mess up your how you are naturally. Mm -hmm. And so I've always been scared to take them because I'm I'm be, I'm ready to go McGee. So I was like, yeah. I don't want I don't ever, I'm getting older. I don't ever want to lose that. So I don't want to mm -hmm. mess with it. Yeah, I took one, man. I was like, let me try this, you know, because you know the the we knew the threesome was gonna happen. So I was like, let me make sure, you know. <laughs> Took one. That's that, such a dude move, though. Like, just a, nothing it, changed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you know it's gonna happen, well, I got to make sure I'm on point. Mm -hmm. But That's yeah, hilarious. nothing happened. I'm sure people want to hear more about that than you taking the pill. Your threesome, <laughs> like you just dropped that. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> you didn't say anything. You're just like, yeah, at the threesome. I get up to it. I'm like, okay. I forgot you, I forgot you didn't know, my because Keon knew already. Yeah, you see, but, I didn't budge. I was like, yeah. Yeah. And I said, <laughs> I said it on stage. So I just assumed it was out there. Oh, no. Well, I don't go to all your shows. I go as many as I can, but I guess I missed this one. No, I posted it on the, yeah. like, you know, I post my stand-up clips. That was one of the jokes. Because the joke was I still had my shirt on because I was self-conscious. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I was just leaving my shirt on, guys, if that's okay. We have a question from Michael James. He says, I graduated college two years ago, and I want to do two main things, start a business and raise a family. I want to start a nonprofit in my city of Detroit um, so that it'll get the help that it needs, but I also want to raise my own family, something very near and dear to my heart, especially since it'll be my own. Um, And he wants to get a chance to be the dad that he never had. I feel like doing both would take time away from the other, and I don't want to do that. I want your honest opinion about this. Take care and stay blessed, y'all. Much love. So Wait, what, what was the do? question? Basically, he wants to start a nonprofit in Detroit, but there's not much money in that. And he also wants to start a family, which is going to take a lot of money and a lot of time. They're both going to take a lot of time. Mm. What should he do? Mm. I, I, I can't really speak on the nonprofit world because I, I I don't know. I've never done anything like that, so I wouldn't know uh, the work it takes. I'm sure it takes a lot of work and a lot of time, but I can't really speak on, you know, the nonprofit, you know, game like that. Uh, but, you know, a family. But I do feel like I do feel like you can have a family and do other things. You know, uh, I do feel like that that can coexist. Um, it's going to be tough, of course, but I feel like you, you could do both. I feel like you don't always have to sacrifice something just to start a family. Mm-hmm. Which is what most people say. And it's, it's going to be small sacrifices, I guess. But, I, I right. you know, I always go back to, you know, you need that village. You can do mm-hmm. what you want to do, but you do need the village. You need family member, the babysitter, the husband or wife. You need you need all that to do what you really want to do. You need the village because it's just it's just it's hard. It's hard to give your all to stuff without some kind of help. But it's possible. Definitely possible. My friend just had a baby and she's like, do not have a baby until you're done doing everything you want to do, because it's going to take up all of your time. Is she she by herself? No, she's a husband. I She's feel married. like, you know what, sometimes it's hard to, you know, obviously we give everything from a dad's perspective because we're dads. Uh, but I, when I hear mothers talk, it is a different, it's certain stuff that they carry with them that we just don't carry. Like the reason why they feel like they never have time because they feel guilty if they do stuff for themselves and not giving all to the baby. And it's like, you don't have to give all to your kids. Like I hear a lot of moms say like, you know, we've talked about how moms be exaggerating, but it's like, because they feel this like, I'm neglecting my kid. Not because you went to get your nails. You're not neglecting your kid because you took an hour for yourself. That's why right. you have two parents in the home. Take a break. Leave them with dad for the day. Hmm? Take a day off. And don't feel bad about it. Your kids will be fine. They'll, they're fine if they don't have you at, at their beck and call for a while. They'll be fine. Depends what dad like. does. Yeah. Dad has but, time. But, but get on his ass. 
Like some some mm-hmm. of these dads, like a lot of I see a lot of you know wives complain about husbands or whatever doing nothing. Well, make them do. You're not putting that. You do it yourself, or you take that guilt and you're like, well, I'll do it. But he, he here too. He's supposed to be. It's a, it is a fifty fifty. He's supposed to a be. A lot of people be taking the L. They just be like, well, yeah. that's just how he is. No, that ain't how it's gonna be. People like that's just how he is. He don't do nothing. You can't allow that. You can't allow somebody to be sitting there not helping you. Because some people really just say, eh, that's just who he is. He just doesn't do it. Like, well, he needs to. Yeah. And a lot of times with dudes, it's like, it's not that he won't. It's just like, if he ain't got to, he going to chill. Right. Most dudes yeah. are comfortable doing nothing. We like chilling. We like doing nothing. So a lot of dudes, husbands, boyfriends, whatever, if you don't consciously be like, yo, I need you to do this. Like most times, if I'm sitting last night, last night. I was watching the Bulls thing, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Kendrick said he wanted seconds, and Cotty was about to give him uh, some like nuggets or something. But he had had like spinach, rice, and chicken for dinner. So I was like, mm-hmm. "Nah, give him more of the spinach and rice." She was like, "Well, I don't want to recut it up." I was like, "Okay, then I'll do it." So I got up off the couch and did it because she just didn't feel like it. And I was like, "That's fine, I'll I'll do it." But had she never said, "Well, well, then you do it," I'd be like, huh? I, "I ain't moving," <laughs> like. So sometimes you got to be like the husbands, they'll do dads will do. I mean, obviously, there's there's some dads who are just naturally more. I want to make all the kids lunches and read them books. And I want to do some guys are like that. But most of them be like, unless you give me a little kick, I'm just going to be sitting put the foot on the neck. Put the foot on the neck. Some of these dads work like 12 hour days. I know in the industry, some dads are gone for weeks at a time. They just get a job on a movie and then they're gone for or a show. I mean, they're hell, gone I'm for two weeks at a time. <laughs> That's facts. I've yeah. been gone weeks at a time. But yeah, but I, you know, I'll, I'll put the extra effort in when, I, when I'm here or whatever. But like, I yeah. just, I just wish moms, and I know it's probably nothing they can do about it, but I wish they wouldn't carry that guilt. And that, oh yeah, I, I see that, that a lot. And just I see like, it a lot. They're fine. Yeah, I left them with my mom for the weekend. Okay, you're so doing what? a great job. Yeah. They, they just be panicking in their own minds. They just be, just like, be kicking oh, their own ass all the fine. time, and it's like fine. You're, you're fine. So if they don't breastfeed them one time, they think the baby's gonna turn. Yeah, the they be like, I'm, I'm, I'm failing as a parent. It's like, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. Like you are allowed to do stuff for you. You are allowed to take a break. You are allowed to just let them do their own thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, just, it's fine. They're, they're fine. And they're going to turn your back on you anyway. Like, kids, I feel like, obviously kids need us, right? Like, that's that's a given. But I think parents think they need us more. We don't give them enough credit of stuff they can either do by themselves or they don't want us around sometimes or they don't. Like, when I walked in the other day, it was like, hey, what y'all playing? And Keelan was like, get out. <laughs> it's like, why am I going to sit here feeling guilty for not playing with them? They didn't even want me around. Right. So I'm not going to sit there and sulk like, oh, you know, I'm not giving them all my energy. Sometimes they don't want my energy. And that's fine. They do their thing, I do mine. Then we do stuff as a family. Like, you can take breaks and stuff for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's like even me feeling guilty because the boys got older and it's like, you know, I wouldn't see them as much. And I'd be like, y'all good, y'all good. Like, we good. And I'd be like, all right. So I would just, you know. I would I would feel that guilt on that tip because just because we're not under the same roof. Mm-hmm. So, but if we was under the same roof, I'd be I would have much less guilt. Because you know, I'm right here. Whatever y'all need, I'm right here. I'm downstairs. 
But when they're in a different house, you know, uh, on the other side of town, it's just like, yo, good. Yeah. Okay. So Michael James should not worry about starting a nonprofit. I mean, I don't know nothing about a nonprofit. I don't know nothing about the nonprofit game like that, but I do feel like, I just feel like you can have a family and and, and go for something else simultaneously. I think when people think family, they think I got to be here all the time and I got to do everything. Yeah. And it's like, you don't, you, you, you going it's going to be, you're going to miss a thing or two. You know, you're going to, it's going to happen. You can do your best to be there, you know? And like I said, the, and the, the attention span of kids too, they, they might want you for an hour or two and then they, they tap it out. Jay, and you can take your kids a lot to to your to your work to yeah. your whatever you're doing. You just bring the kids, and then because you see stories all the time, like yeah, my dad used to always take us to the film set or to the concert or to the backstage. And then I kind of got into it myself. You, yeah. you hear stories like that all the time, like so. Again, I don't uh, know if you can do that at a nonprofit, but I know you yeah. know Tony has seen. You know, y'all see my kids on the podcast. Tony has seen it when we shot our special. The kids was. Okay, Keelan and Kendra got grabbed the mic, got on stage. Mm-hmm. Like they be, they be with it. They be, I bring them along with me all the time, and that's still, that's still quality time. I think people think too, mm-hmm. quality time is a certain thing. If you go to the store, sometimes I'll be like, I'm going to the store. Keelan be like, I want to come. All right, we just going to the store, but that's still quality time. He's still hanging out. The little chats mm-hmm. you have in the car, the little chats you have. You know, when yep. you're in the store, when they see something they like, you know, it's 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 so much little stuff that goes on. You don't have to beat yourself up over not doing any and everything all the time. Right. The little stuff. Sometimes Keelan Kendrick sat on me today and he just wanted to sit on me while we watch TV. I wasn't doing nothing. But he's just like, but I'm chilling with my dad. And that, that's it. You don't have to. The The pre. Uh, I think people put in their minds, like, you know, they, they beat themselves up just way too much as parents. I'm like, you're doing fine. Yeah. We have one more question. This is from Kendrick Brown Jr. Kendrick, great name. Kendrick Brown Jr. He says, I have a problem when I get on stage. I start having hiccups and I can't stop. Do you have any advice? Take Viagra, man. That's just my advice for everything. I'll have nothing doing nothing. Viagra, clearly. Man, hiccups. hiccups? Yeah, I don't know. I I had hiccups in years. You take a straw and you drink and you plug your ears? Have you tried that? I don't know. I don't really get hiccups like that. Yeah, I used to just drink water and that was fine. Yeah, drink water real fast and it would go away. You never had hiccups that don't stop? They just don't stop? I don't think so. I don't remember. I'm sure I did, but I don't Not as an adult and not on stage or anything like that. Like stage, I don't. I haven't had the hiccups in years. <laughs> like I, get, I get his nervousness with the hiccups. So I got nothing for that. It I hurts. always thought water did the trick, man. Every time I had hiccups growing up, boop, water, and then I was good. Remember when people would be like, you got to put the paper towel over the water and drink the, 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 the remedies people would have for hiccups. You got to get scared. You got to go outside, tap a I tree. I heard the scare. Yeah. yeah. You got to go outside, pee on a tree. All right. Rub it real fast. Tap it on your throat. It's out the hiccups. Like it's always some crazy yeah. ass remedy. I don't even know what the hiccups really are. What is that from? What is that? I don't know. I know if you drink too much, sometimes you get the hiccups. Let's see. 
I never knew what they were. It says causes eating too quickly or swallowing air along with foods. Um, mm, irritation of the diaphragm. But you don't get them, yeah. so... Yeah. But as a kid, but I used to. As a kid, I used to get them a lot. Down and, yeah, and oh. I, it was probably from that. Yes, yeah, as irritation of the diaphragm can do it. Because I know Keelan, I can't remember him having hiccups, but Kendrick's had it a few times. But he eats rapidly. Mm-hmm. Like he mm-hmm. stuffs his mouth, he eats fast. I'm like, slow down, bro. So that makes sense why he's got them more than because he had them like a couple weeks ago. And he don't get it often, but I was like. I don't remember Keelan really having hiccups. I wonder why Kendrick Brown is getting these just stage-induced, like nerve-induced hiccups. It's wild. It says on Mayo Clinic, the irritation of the vagus nerve or phrenic nerves, which serve the diaphragm muscle. So maybe it is a nerve thing. I ain't never heard of these nerves, nerves, by the way. (laughs) I ain't never heard of these nerves. I didn't know what they were either. Well, all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but but even though that's that's what it is, what is your body doing? Why do that? Um... Yeah, why are you like what? Why is, yeah, why is like that what's happening? happening there? You know what I mean? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why that happens. Just yeah. that it happens. Yeah, sometimes it hurts too. Yeah, yeah, like you get a hard. You're like, oh, you're like, oh Jesus, man. And let me tell y'all something. When I when I had that bad dizzy spell on April fifteenth, I was so relieved that the throw up was smooth. Like, cause you know when you get those painful ones, when it comes, you like, oh god, it's like you get stabbed in the chest. I was thankful that everything was. I, I don't know if it's because I've been drinking a lot, a lot of water, so it was like a smoother. But man, the relief. Because those chest stab ones, you'd be like, please, take or me the, Or the ones you contract so much, your abs are sore the next day. Oh. Like those are the... Like when I got seasick on that cruise, my mm-hmm. throw-ups were smooth as hell. Man. Like it was no abs soreness, no chest soreness, no... I would just be like, oh, I got to do it again. I would go in there... And then go lay down. Continue. The relief after. Like when oh. you, you get a good one, you'd be like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm so calm a- with that stuff now. It's just like, like when I was throwing up on the ship, I would get out of bed. I was like, <sighs> and I would just lean over the toilet, do it, and then lay back down. I'm so yeah. when it comes to, you know, I'm not the baby when it comes to you know the sickness. Some people are like, oh, mm-hmm. take care of me. I just be like, oh, right, oh, damn it. Like the last time, the last time they seen me sick, we had a game night. I I just did the game night. <laughs> I was, in, was the in the corner shivering. <laughs> That's the only difference. The only difference in Keon's behavior was that he wasn't hanging out in the kitchen like he normally does. He was on the <laughs> he was on the long piece of the couch leg. He was sitting there like Professor X. He just be watching <laughs> the mutants move around. He's sitting there. Like, I was right. still because Cotty was like, "We should cancel." That. I was like, "We doing the game? Right? I've committed." <laughs> We're not canceling. I was I was so calm, but actually by the time everybody left, I was feeling so much better. It was a twenty four hour bug. It was so weird. I caught it before everybody came over, and it probably left like right after everybody was in there. It was hella weird. Mm-hmm. Those are those are super weird. Yeah, it'd but be like that as, never happened. As far as Kendrick, man, uh, but at least you still you keep getting up. And hey, the, the worst you could do right now, I mean, the best thing you could do right now is you get up there, you get the hiccups, use it, put it in your 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 act. 
You definitely got to write a joke about it. Write the joke. That's jokes, what I would do. Use them. Use the hiccups. What do you say on five? So every time I get a <laughs> stage, guys, I get, <laughs> yeah. get these hiccups and use then it. just go from there. Turn <laughs> it into gold. And then if they disappear, then all right, cool. Mm-hmm. But it might yeah, become a thing where you're not nervous no more. Right. Once you start using it. And then that way the hiccups won't hinder you from getting the stage time you need. Yeah. And it won't it won't take away from what you're trying to do. If people right. get it like, okay, he gets the hiccups, it might become a running thing that they laugh at. But it's not gonna take away from the jokes that you tell. Right. Maybe yeah. visualize and meditate as well. Like you picture yourself up yeah. there, it'll become more normal. Just keep getting up there. That's my advice, but my that's always my advice. Just keep getting up. Oh, you got to keep getting just up. Just keep getting up. It'll no all work what. itself out if you just keep getting up there. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, Kendrick, I hope this goes away for your sake and for the sake of your career. That's it for questions. All right, y'all. That's another episode of Daddy Issues. Uh, make sure if you got any questions for us, ask us in the YouTube comments section. We'll tackle them on the show. want to thank Maya for giving us the topics. And you're, uh, you can find us at home mm-hmm. on the internet. You know, where you usually find us, that's where we still at. Because no shows are coming. Uh, yeah, where you at, Kia? Yeah, same stuff. And my special's out. <laughs> so, like, it's just the same shit. <laughs> My specials yeah, out, get it. For those of you who've got it already, thank you so much. Uh, and thank you for the reviews. I appreciate it. All right, y'all. Till next time, we out here. Bye.